Recording in progress. Pursuant to Government Code Section 54953E and the State Declared Emergency, this meeting will be conducted exclusively through teleconference and Zoom video conference. The COVID-19 state of emergency continues to directly impact the ability of the members to meet safely in person and presents imminent risks to the health of the attendees. Therefore, please be advised that no physical meeting location will be available. Please be mindful that this meeting may be recorded as any public meeting may be recorded and all other rules of procedure and decorum will apply for meetings conducted by teleconference or video conference. Live captioned broadcasts of City Council meetings are available on cable BTV channel 33 and via internet accessible video stream on the City's website. To access the meeting remotely using the internet, join from a PC, Mac, iPad, iPhone, or Android device using the URL indicated on the agenda for this meeting. If you do not wish for your name to appear on the screen, then use the drop-down menu and click on Rename to rename yourself to be anonymous. To request to speak, use the raise hand icon on the screen. To join by phone, dial the number indicated on the agenda for this meeting and enter the meeting ID. If you wish to comment during the public comment portion of the agenda, press star 9 and wait to be recognized by the chair. So we, we think there's a technical issue and um, give us a moment.
Recording in progress. Hello, everyone. Thank you for your patience. If you are a member of the audience, can you hear us? Okay, to the panelists on Zoom, we're still working on figuring out the audio issue with the mics in the boardroom, so please wait. To the panelists on Zoom, did you hear my call to order and playing the COVID announcement? Yes. 
I heard the announcement. Okay. Yeah. So, they just so the audio went out after that. Okay. order. Thank you. 
quick sound test. Can anybody on the Zoom hear this? If so, please indicate. Thank you. We can hear you. Awesome. We're good to go. Okay, I think we're good to go. Thank you, Sarah and city clerk team for helping figure out and fix that problem. So we had called the meeting to order. We played the COVID-19 meeting announcement recording, and it's now time to call the roll. Council Member Kesarwani. Here. Taplin. Present. Bartlett. Here. Harrison. Here. Hahn. Present. Wengraf. Present. Robinson. Present. Humbert. Present. And Mayor Erigin. Present. Thank you. All members are present. Thank you very much. Um, so this is a special meeting of the City Council to take up one item, item one, to provide direction on addressing the funding gap to complete Measure T1 Phase 2 projects. Um, since this is a special meeting, we will not be taking public comment on non-agenda matters at this time, but we'll have a public comment period on non-agenda matters at the beginning of our 6 o'clock regular meeting. So with that, I'd like to proceed now to the action calendar, and item one is to provide direction in closing the 3.2 to 4.5 million dollar funding gap to complete measure T1 phase two projects. And I'd like to turn the floor over to um, Scott Ferris or the Department of Public Works to present on the side. Thank you, Mayor um, and Council. Um, I think we need to, uh, before we start, we need to accept the supplemental. Um, yes, thank you. We received a supplemental material from staff for item one, I move to accept the material yep. for consideration. Second. Seconded by Council Member Robinson. Thank you. This is a procedural motion, so I'd like to ask the clerk to please call the roll on accepting the material. To accept the material, Council Member Kesarwani? Yes. Taplin? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yes. Hahn? Yes. Wengraf? Yes. Robinson? Yes. Humbert? Yes. Ericine? Yes. Thank you. Okay, the motion carries. The material is now accepted and before us. And I'll turn the floor back over to Scott Ferris, Director of Parks, Recreation, and Waterfront. Thank you so much. Um, with me tonight is uh, Liam Garland, Public Works Director, and a variety of members of our staff who make up the T1 team. In case there are any questions on any particular projects, uh, the report in front of you, um, the second half of it deals, uh, gives you a general update of all um, 36 T1 phase two projects. And the first half, it talks about our um, existing funding gap. Um, and I'm gonna cover that and start covering that in just a second. Liam, can you bring up our presentation? Okay, um, so why do we have a gap? Um, go ahead, Liam, there we go. Um, so we've had a construction cost escalation in the previous two years of about 26%. Um, and that is, we usually anticipate between three and 5% a year. And um, the last two years, it's, it's gone up considerably. And we've had a lot of escalation in a lot of our projects. Um, we have, th of the 36 projects in T1, we have 27 projects that are haven't been completed or in construction or awarded by council. Um, 
and we have been working um, on all 27 projects to figure out how to reduce scope um, and also how to, to, to fill gaps with um, existing public works and PRW CIP that is um, allocated in 23 and 24. And we've been pretty successful. Um, just an example of uh, projects we've been able to reduce, for instance, are, is the Willard Clubhouse. Um, we've been able to reduce the project by about 30, uh, 30% of its square feet and, and some of the elements of the project to fit it into the existing uh, budget. We had $7 million that was allocated from that uh, from T1 for that project. And um, total project now we're estimating that that project's going to come in with the with the reduced sized um, um, facility at about 7.5. We're adding $500,000 of parks tax to it. And we've done that with about 17 different projects. Um, so we've been able to augment and reduce scope and size with a variety of projects. We found that there are nine projects that we can't reduce in scope and actually need additional funding for. Um, four public restrooms, the Turtle Island Monument Project, D&E Dock Replacement, 1947 Center Street Improvements, and two Corporation Yard Projects. And they are identified in the spreadsheet um, associated with the, um, the report. So that gap creates just a little over a million dollars um, in, in, in needed funding. Additionally, we have um, a gap created by the North Berkeley Senior Center Project, and that gap is about $350,000 of existing cost and legal fees over the $10.83 million that was allocated from that project. That project has uh, multiple uh, funding sources. Um, there's a FEMA grant in there, uh, along with a considerable amount of T1 and a little bit of general fund. Additionally, we have a, a third issue in the African-American Holistic Resource Center, which um, has uh, $8.25 million uh, assigned to that project at this point. We have $7 million of T1. We have a $1 million of a federal infrastructure um, earmark, which is coming through HUD, and we have $250,000 in general fund. But because of an existing um, we have we've had done an assessment condition assessment of the building and the cost escalation to do the minimum on the building, which is a four thousand square feet um, building. To do the renovation, um, it's going to be one point eight five million, and to uh, tear down and rebuild as new, it'd be an additional three point one five million. Million um, staff strongly recommend at this point that given the uh, the building assessment that we tear down that building and rebuild as new. Um, we're fearful that if we try and renovate the existing building, that that $1.845 million is going to escalate in cost um, because of unforeseen circumstances um, in the structure of the building that we were able to test for a lot. But oftentimes there are things in older buildings and buildings um, that don't do very well in these assessments that we don't see initially. Um, okay, next slide. So um, earlier you guys voted to receive the supplemental and I just wanted to comment on that. In this report, we talked about the South Berkeley Senior Center 
um, and potentially that three million that was assigned there being eligible to either uh, be reassigned to another phase uh, phase two project or um, be assigned to do something else besides seismic uh, retrofit of that existing billion uh, exist, the existing billion building. Um, the three million assigned to it after we got into the project, we realized it wasn't enough to do a, a, a seismic retrofit. And we've been looking for a grant for multiple years um, and have submitted multiple applications. And um, in the original report, you know, we said there was not enough funding to make a project possible, uh, a seismic retrofit uh, project possible. But on Friday, uh, we, we got an email from uh, Cal OES and we confirmed with Cal OES staff and FEMA on Monday and they intend to award us with a $1.5 million grant in order for us to do a seismic retrofit project um, at the South Berkeley Senior Center. So that means we'll have $4.5 million total and able to do um, a retrofit project. Next slide. So in, in the document um, of the remaining 26 uh, uh, or 27 projects, we staff have, you know, attempted to, to talk about these projects in such a way that would give you some ability if you were choose to reduce them or eliminate them in, in terms of priorities. And we didn't, you know, the all, all the T1 projects were evaluated on seven fundamental priorities that were included in the report or in our manual. Uh, they were evaluated by both the Public Works and um, the, the Parks and Waterfront Commission at the time. And so when we went back and started to review all these projects on that criteria, they all scored high um, because that's why they were all chosen, because that, that was the criteria that with what they were chosen. So we added three new criteria um, to a possible way to, um, to separate out some of our projects. We um, we identified um, all public restrooms, all public facing buildings, and all street projects, and did not include them in a possible reduction. Um, and then we listed the remaining seven projects uh, that have not, are, are not being in the process of being awarded or being constructed or are, are finished. And so of those remaining seven projects, um, the budget for those seven projects is four million, and uh, to date, uh, two hundred and seventy thousand dollars of that that four million dollars has been sent, spent. And if the project is stopped, um, pretty much right now, there'd be three point seven million dollars available um, to fund conceptual phase on all those projects. There's still about three point seven million, and if we fund design phase. On all those projects, there's about $3.5 million available. Um, okay, uh, next project, uh, next slide. So some questions have come up about T1, and I just want to talk about their considerations. First of all, the mayor and council has identified $100 million worth of projects between phase one and phase two projects. Um, $35 million um, in phase one and then $65 million in phase two. The mayor and council can add or delete from this list of projects. Uh, T1 funding is limited 
to repair, renovation, replacement, or reconstruction of the city's existing infrastructure or facilities as of May 2016. So if, if the city was, if the, we had a facility that was, uh, that we owned, it's in our existing infrastructure in 2016, or we are we were currently leasing, those all those facilities are eligible for T1 funds. Um, the fourth bullet, we've issued 80 million of our $100 million bond funds um, for T1, 35 million in November of 17, 45 million in May of 2021, and 21 million is still scheduled to be sold in 2024. Um, and the last bullet there is funding is required to be spent within five years of bond sale. So we've still got $20 million that is unsold. Um, and when we sell that 20 million, we'll have another five years to spend that to spend those dollars. Okay, final slide. So possible direction for tonight, you can identify the gap uh, from an alternative funding source. You can identify a partial alternative funding source and reduce T1 phase two projects to fill the gap. Uh, you can identify um, $4.5 million of reduction in phase two projects, or you can identify the funds we need in fiscal 23, which are the $350,000 for the North Berkeley Seizure Center. Those are for improvements in which we, uh, which we owe, um, owe on currently. And then uh, a part of that is you could direct staff to continue to proceed on all projects as originally identified, as long as other funding, um, the difference in the funding uh, about the 4.2 million is made available in fiscal 24. And you identify whether or not the um, African-American Holistic Resource Center building will be renovated or built as new so the project design can proceed. So with that project, especially, I have a, uh, we have, you've awarded the, the contract to the architect. You guys have approved the architect and the contract is sitting on my desk and unsigned until we determine exactly whether or not we're gonna uh, renovate that building or build from scratch. And so before we sign that contract, we, uh, we are um, wanna be able to have that information so that the con we don't waste money with the architect uh, designing multiple different uh, possibilities. So Mr. Mayor, that is that is my report and both Liam and I are here to answer questions. Okay, uh, thank you very much. Why don't we begin with questions from the city council? I know we have some uh, members of the public here at the boardroom and on Zoom who also wanna speak on this item. Um, I'll just say uh, first and foremost that um, uh, I believe that we should prioritize projects that um, directly serve the public. Uh, when we put Measure T1 on the ballot and ran a successful campaign to pass it, I think the expectation of the voters was that these funds, these, pub these public funds would be used to prioritize public improvements to infrastructure and public facilities and parks and, 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 and city buildings. I know that there are some projects on here that staff have added, um, like improvements to the corporation yard, which I'm sure are important. But if I have to prioritize how to spend um, the remaining dollars, I'm going to prioritize those those projects which um, directly benefit and interface with the public. 
And I think for those projects which um, address uh, the needs of uh, safety needs or, or the needs of city staff, I think we need to look at general fund capital improvement and excess equity to fund those projects. Um, you know, this list was developed with extensive public input uh, from our commissions, multiple community meetings, surveys, and I think really reflects the needs of people throughout the city of Berkeley. And I think it would be wrong for us to say at this point, unfortunately, due to cost overruns, that we cannot move ahead with some with these important projects. One of them is the African American Holistic Resource Center, which I've been a long been a champion of, and which I'm I'm committed to make sure it proceeds. And I think we should explore state or federal earmarks for that project, additional state or federal earmarks. We were successful last budget cycle to get an earmark for the marina. And I know this is a project that Congressmember Lee supports. Um, I think we need to look at potential public-private partnerships. Um, I think we need to look at all options to make sure that we can close this gap, including putting additional city um, general fund revenues to be able to fund the completion of this vision that our South Berkeley community has long advocated for. So I want to express my strong support for moving ahead with the, with the completion of the African-American Resource Center. I want to hear what the community has to say about what is the preferred approach, renovation or reconstruction. Seems that there are some major structural issues which will make uh, renovation more difficult, but I want to hear the community's input, the input of the steering committee, but we cannot go back on that commitment to our South Berkeley community. Um, so I'm a bit at a loss here because we have a whole lot of projects and there's no recommendation from staff or from the commissions. Um, so it, with that in mind, the way I, I can only proceed is to say public, public serving projects, um, those should be prioritized. And if we need to allocate additional general fund excess equity, that may mean we have to reprioritize money from street repaving or from other use, other needs to fill this gap, but I think we need to complete these projects. Um, you know, we certainly could not have anticipated over 20% cost overruns. We had, I think, a reasonable contingency, but we didn't anticipate these costs exceeding so significantly. And so if that means that we have to deprioritize certain projects to prioritize other ones the community has asked for, including the Turtle Island Monument, so much work has gone into that as well. We can't move back on that. Um, and we identify those other projects that could be supported through general fund or we defer the completion of those projects. I would like to hear staff's recommendations on that using those criteria. Um, I don't think I'm in a position today to say, cut this or move this over. I'd like to hear staff's recommendations using those criteria for how we can prioritize those public serving, public facing improvements and projects and how we can fill the gap for those projects for city facilities that 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 could be supported through general fund on the restroom you know maybe we float general fund and we use uc dollars to backfill that um so that's certainly a project the campus has said that they want to support um so those are kind of my initial thoughts about the criteria that i would like to use to look at how we prioritize this list and i know my colleagues have other questions um maybe have some suggestions about what kind of direction we can provide today councilmember bartlett Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor, and um, I too want to echo your uh, your comments about the uh, African American Holistic Resource Center. This has been uh, a little more than a decade uh, in development, uh, coming from the people, and uh, it's been every stage has been 
really excited and hard fought. And uh, this this uh, being the next one, my camera just zoomed in over here on on the cleric. That was interesting zoom. Uh, uh, my my question, I guess, uh, for 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 the staff here is, um, so what do the federal dollars that we were able to achieve, um, and there are even county dollars as well, but what are our supplemental uh, funds that were pledged to the project? How are they implicated by any of um, our discussion tonight, whether rebuild or renovate uh, or any time frame change? So, and Ben, you're talking, uh, Councilman Bartley, you're talking about the African-American Holistic Center funding. So, yes, the um, three sources of funding as of now, we have a $250,000 general fund allocation that has no, um, no time frame. Um, we have a million dollar federal earmark, which we just... Um, literally found out a few days ago is coming through HUD um, to us. And we've been um, diving into that to find out if there are any time limitations or it's unclear to this point. We'll probably know in the next week or two. We've, we've, I've got a couple uh, phone calls in to staff to try and find out what those deadlines are. And then we have 7 million in T1 funding. And um, that funding needs to be spent by... Um, uh, May of 2026. Okay. Okay. So we're not sure yet. And um, May of 2026. Okay. Uh, those are my, my main questions for right now. Um, looking forward to maybe having a second go at this, a bit more information to really make an informed um, decision to advocate for. Thank you. Council Member Harrison is next. Um, thank you. And thank you, Scott, so much and Liam for all of your, your work on trying to balance this. Um, I think I recall that we had a similar issue come up at the end of phase one of T1. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And what we did then is we actually used money that was available in the next tranche in phase two. We have a phase two B, I believe, that's coming up that, as you mentioned, has another, there's another $20 million dollars. Um, is that correct? The bond measure hasn't the the bonds haven't been sold, but they've been assigned. So in um, in in 2021, council assigned all 65 million dollars to projects, and we didn't sell the uh, it all in one phase. Henry sold the first um, set in 45 million is, with the intention of selling the second set in um, in 2024. The 20 the remaining 20 million. So, so does um, the $4 million deficit reflect the $20 million? In other words, is there $20 million still to be allocated? No, no. It's included in these budgets. Correct. Okay, that's, that's super helpful. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask a question about some of the projects, specifically the Corporation Yard Roof. Is that... Um, connected with our ability to do charging stations and solar. Liam, do you want to take that? Yeah, uh, Councilmember Harrison, I don't uh, believe so. Uh, the, I think that the roof project there is more a, a basic maintenance project to make sure there's not leaking occurring in um, in one of those buildings. Okay. Okay. Um, and um, I wanted to also ask about the North Berkeley Senior Center. Is it typical we pay legal costs out of project funds like this? Don't we have a litigation fund? Uh, the, um, the, uh, just give me one moment. The, um, uh, these are uh, uh, legal costs are 
uh, eligible expenditures of T1 proceeds. I don't think I, um, I'm i familiar enough with the history in Berkeley to know whether the, it's typical or not in terms of where these um, the funding comes from. Um, Could come out of the public liability fund, right? Right. Yeah. My experience is it's come out of both at different times, depending on how large the amount is. Okay. It, it seems to me that in this case, as there's been a lot of back and forth on this project, um, which is in both my and Councilmember Kessorani's district, I think. I think it's mainly in mine, but I'm not sure how that where the line goes exactly. But um, I think that we should not be assuming we have to pay that at T1. So that would be an issue that I would raise with you. Um, and um, I also want to know on the public facing, why would you assume that the Ohlone, um project, Turtle Island, is not a public facing project? Um, we, we made, we just did uh, a basic, we drew a line on public buildings that were public facing, um, uh, streets and, um, and then public restrooms. So yes, it's a public facing project, uh, but we, we needed to draw a line somewhere. And so that's where we drew the line. Okay. It kind of reminds me of the Spangers project a little bit in that we as Westerners think of buildings as being the most important thing sometimes. This project is so important to the Ohlone and I cannot believe how much time Director Ferris has spent coming up with this incredibly great design for this, for this fountain. And I just, I cannot vote to take the money from that. Um, I also wanna make sure on these projects that have matching funds that we're not risking the matching fund if we remove the general fund. I mean, the, the T1 project, there is substantial matching funds. Yes. Yes. What I'm asking is, will we risk the grant from Caltrans is over $600,000 by not incorporating this $300,000 for the film? We would. Okay. Well, that doesn't seem acceptable to me, just like the African-American Holistic Resource Center. We shouldn't be losing opportunities to do a two-to-one match for a really important community project. So I'm, I'm, very, I'm very worried about, about that suggestion. Um, I wanted to also ask about um, generally the, the projects that are listed where you've indicated that no, they can't be reduced in scope. I think I can understand that you can't reduce the scope, but can they be, some of this work be delayed for a time? For example, the 1947 Center Street Improvements, that's our building. That's not a public facing building so much. I mean, some public, but not so much. Um, I'm wondering why you've looked at what you can take out of that project or delay. Um, that project, and Liam, I'll let you speak to that. That project, like any of these projects, can be delayed. So, oh, okay. So, but you're saying you can't reduce the scope, but you can delay it. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Why can't you reduce the scope? It's things like carpeting, right, for the offices. Uh, why don't we just do less? Uh, let me jump in, Councilmember Harrison. I, on this project, uh, one of the main building components at 1947 Center is the HVAC system. Uh, it's a really complicated multi-part system over there, and it's 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 in need of replacement uh, and upgrade, especially uh, to make it safer. And it's not one of those projects that you can do a little bit at a time, or you can do uh, phase one, phase two, phase three, it's it's uh, uh, in one big swoop. Is that all of the 1.8 million for our buildings repairs? It's not all of the uh, all of it, but it's a good piece of it. 
a good chunk. I'd like maybe next time if we meet again about this for you to come back with more detail on that and what, what is included in that because that's a pretty big chunk for a building that's not really a public, I mean, it's a public building, but you know, it's not a library or a senior center or something that's used in, in that fashion. Um, on the Marina, Marina D&E dock replacement, why is that not coming out of the um, Marina Fund? Um, it potentially could. Um, the Reamer Fund has a, a large operating deficit. And so right now that project is funded by three different sources. Um, it's 5.5 uh, is coming out of the Marina Fund via a DBA loan. So the Marina Fund will pay back $5.5 million of a DBA loan. There's $500,000 that will is funded by T1. And then there's another million and a half that's funded by um, the uh, um, the latest round of $15 million that we received from the Marina. So that's just makes up the 7.5 million for the existing project. Do we have a balance in our capital improvement project budget? It could be used for some of these projects. That would be a question for um, uh, D or Henry or Tanya. I'm not sure if there is a balance in the CIP project. Um, I guess my other question is too, we can't really just look at T1 in itself. We also have the capital improvement project. I'd like to do see a similar spreadsheet for that as with this, that says this is where we're at on these CIP projects. Maybe one of them can be delayed. I think we're only looking at half of the picture. So if we do have another meeting as suggested by the mayor, perhaps we can see a spreadsheet of those, that would be great. Um, and then my last finance question is about the interest earnings on the T1 bonds, the amount that has not yet been utilized. I believe we had about a $30 million balance in June of 2022. Are those interest payments going to T1? Yes, they are. Um, we are uh, originally the, I can't remember exactly what the estimate on um, phase two interest was, um, but for the first uh, couple years of phase two, we underperformed based on our estimate because the interest rates were so low. We're starting to catch up a little bit now as the interest rates have been, um, increased, but we don't. We anticipate that if we're we're hoping to get back to what we originally anticipated as the revenue from the interest, but don't uh, anticipate um, making more than we originally budgeted in interest. So the interest payments are are built into these numbers here yes. that we have before us. Okay, yeah. great. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. I want to also finally just reiterate my support for the African American Holistic Resource Center. Um, and um, I don't know whether it should be rebuilt or um, renovated. I think that's something you're going to have to give us more advice on. I don't really think we can make a, a judgment on that. It's an engineering question, really. But um, I am going to just state again my support for the um, project. I only have one project in my district, and but it's also the only project we have that is working with um, Indigenous people. And I think we have to maintain that project. Thank you. Thank you. Just to comment on that, staff, uh, staff firmly recommends that we um, we rebuild that building from um, from scratch. So we tear it down and rebuild at this point. Okay, great. So that is so you we are looking at the larger number as the gap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you very much. We'll go next to Councilmember Wangraff. 
and then Han, and then Robin said, and then um, unless there are any other council members that have any questions at this time, we can go to public comment. Um, thank you very much. Um, and I agree um, with the mayor about um, trying to think about this in terms of public use. Um, I think that was the, the original intent and the voters deserve to get um, to get those improvements. Um, and I'm trying to come up with some guiding principles to help us um, figure this all out because, you know, all of the projects, we want all the projects. How do we get there? Um, I have a question about the courtyard. Um, I'm concerned about the leak, the leaking roof, because if that's not attended to, the damage will just get worse and worse and it will ultimately cost us more and more. Is this number here um, in the chart for the roof repair uh, $600,000? Is that for a total new roof? And is it possible to only focus on repairing the leak without doing a total roof repair? Councilmember, I'm going to ask our uh, manager of engineering, Joe Enke, uh, who is within the uh, last couple days of his time with us here uh, in the city of Berkeley. And as um, uh, uh, Joe's been great for our city, um, and it hurts to lose him. Um, and Martinez is gaining uh, gaining a big asset moving forward. But I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Joe uh, to answer, Councilmember, your question. Um, no, I think it's um, the roof has reached a point in its life. It's um, it's not really cost effective to um, to put any more band aids on the on the roof. Uh, what would a nice big band aid cost? Um, you know, would probably have to get back to you on it. I mean, it would be it it would definitely be um, less than a re roof, um, yeah. and we could do that. And, yeah. Um, I would actually, I'd be interested in seeing uh, a number on that. Um, uh, just, you know, I mean, yes, we're kicking the can down the road and I don't like to do that, but uh, we're in a bind here and we need to try to figure out um, how to um, save money uh, in the best way possible so we can allocate it to other projects. So if, you know, if it means that we could um, maybe save 500000 on that roof, but seal the leak for the time being. Um, I'd like to at least have the numbers on that and consider that. Um, sure. Thank you. The other, um, the other question I have is about the North Berkeley Senior Center, where there's only uh, $350,000 in outstanding uh, work yet to be done, and I'm a little confused because this afternoon, just a little more than an hour ago, we got an, uh, an email from uh, LaTanya, uh, Deputy City Manager um, Bello, saying that, um, let's see, um, Public Works is hiring a contractor to complete these items. Uh, in addition, several changes, not part of the original contract scope kitchen upgrades to eliminate natural gas and upgrades to the building's IT communications will be performed and completed in 2023. So, so 
No, is no that, that funding there already? Is that funding? It okay. is. That that funding is in place. So what is the three hundred and fifty thousand for? So those were for um, already incurred um, project and legal fees um, due primarily to the um, extended construction period. Okay, I didn't understand that. Okay. Okay, thank you. And um, I know we're in litigation on this and you may not be able to say too much um, about it, but is there any possibility that um, we will be getting back any money on the North Berkeley Senior Center? Um, yeah, I, no. I'm gonna interrupt for a, a, a moment. I, I think that's a conversation best for closed session. Okay. Or for, or for at least a future report from staff in closed session. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, and then my other question is, I was trying to remember, um, we recently, a couple of months ago, got a report on our um, excess equity, uh, the November, um, the November report that I believe we got from Ms. Fredrickson, and we had excess equity. And was there anything there that was unallocated? Um, good afternoon. Um, uh, I thought it was like close to a million, right? Uh, that is correct, uh, Mayor, uh, about 1.3 uh, million. Okay, so is it possible that we can take that 1.3 and um, and put it in the pot to start considering using that for some of, some of these to fill the gap? Uh, so that's one suggestion that I have. Um, uh, the other the other idea is because this funding and I agree with Councilmember Harrison, uh, we really shouldn't upset anything that has matching funds or grant funding associated with it. We should try to keep leveraging our dollars. So we should look at everything in terms of what has matching money um, going into it and not disturb that, but since we have some limitations on how this money can be used, is there the possibility that we could take the CIP budget and trade it out for the T1 budget? And then we have unencumbered money um, that can be used however we want to use it. Uh, I don't know if that's a Henry question or a Sharon question or a legal question, actually. Or Liam, maybe you you know the answer. Yeah, I, I can take a shot at it. I think um, if you if if we had, um, so for instance, if you in 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 twenty four, if you had additional CIP funds and you wanted to switch it out to make them more flexible, make the T1 funds more flexible, um, you could, and you would just either need to, we'd need to be put, um, uh, the existing T1 funds would need to go towards um, um, existing projects or council would need to identify new projects or or the, or, or the, the funding gap um, 
and then you would have more flexibility with CIP, but you'd be switching one fund for uh, for another. So if you've got uh, funding in, in fiscal 24 that's additional uh, um, um, or fiscal 25, that can be always be switched out. Okay, so, I mean, to me... But it doesn't create additional funding unless it's right. over, it's, what, over right. and above what's budgeted already. It's not additional, but it might give us more uh, more flexibility uh, in terms of how the money's spent. A general fund has a much more flexibility. Yeah, okay. All right, and then the, the last comment I have is that... Um, if if the um, African American Holistic Center is going to be um, built from scratch, and I I totally support that idea, I would really like to um, reconsider adding housing to that project. Um, and um, it seems um, to me that we should always be looking at adding housing to city-owned properties. Uh, I raised this issue a long time ago with the North Berkeley Senior Center and the West Berkeley Service Center. And um, here we are with some city-owned property. And I really think that it's it it's something that we should consider. Um, yes, the numbers would be bigger, but it may make it easier for us to leverage those dollars. So I'll just put that out there on the table. Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll go next to Councilor Han. Thank you and hello to everyone. Um, so I also agree with the mayor uh, that, you know, we really need to be looking at public facing projects um, and, and doing everything that we can to make sure that those projects happen. I do want to say that projects that are kind of internal that go to safety and well-being, um, even if it's just for our staff, are very important to me. I, I see that there's um, a project down at the, um, uh, not at the transportation, at the courtyard that um, includes some improvements that, that are about safety. Um, I don't wanna skimp on that. Also the HVAC in um, the Civic Center building, uh, it's not an extra, especially given what we know now about uh, transmission of disease. Um, I think it's pretty critical that we improve the HVAC. So life safety um, for our the people who work for the city is also something that I um, don't want to um, skimp on. Um, of course, I, I, I have to say that the this kind of Rubik's Cube, it really is a Rubik's Cube. I, it feels very difficult to manage. Um, Obviously, if there are projects where, yes, we can leverage other money, but even if we can think creatively about other sources, whether it might be um, excess transfer tax dollars, um, what are our projections? Um, what is it looking like? Uh, we had, a, we had uh, a lot of money come in last, last cycle. Are we going to have excess transfer tax money? We use that for single capital projects. Um, is that a place where we can get some money? Are there some priorities that council has already funded that have been delayed due to um, COVID and, and staffing issues where we could um, take some money from those with a promise to fund them a little later when we have the capacity to carry them out? Um, I, I think 
I want to think very creatively about uh, which project could, could be delayed and what other sources of funds do we have, not just outside sources, but what can we do internally to kind of um, look really carefully at things that we've already funded or windfall funds that we think may be coming in and go ahead and, and make those changes as well. Um, I, I don't think I will be ready to vote on this tonight. I'm just going to say that um, I'm imagining that maybe we'll give some direction to, to get maybe uh, additional study or additional kind of ranking or recommendations based on the feedback that you get. I, I, I want to say, though, that the African American Research Center is, a, is an absolute non-starter for me. I, I would need to be convinced that programmatically it was better to wait for me to forego moving that project forward right away. Um, I don't know intimately all the details of the project. Um, I'm wondering mm -hmm. if, I mean, a center is a place, right? So this is about place, but it's obviously about services as well. And so I want to know, can we launch the services um, regardless of what options we go for here, whether we move forward right away with renovation, we move forward right away with, with a teardown and a rebuild, or we decide you know, that there are really good reasons to delay it. I want to get the programming going right away in temporary space, however we can do that. I don't want to wait for the building to start building the program. To the question of the building, um, I was going to make the same question or sort of remark as Councilmember Wengrass. If we could get affordable housing at this site, um, I would want to hear about that. I would want to know if there is a bigger project that we can do that, that includes and amplifies the resource center that would also include housing. Um, but I'm really only interested in that if the council members, um, you know, who are the leads on this, um, want to see a bigger project happen or see a way to start the services while a bigger project happens. So, uh, but I guess the bottom line for me is we have seen the numbers around health disparities and quite frankly, disparities on every single scale between the African-American residents of Berkeley uh, and, and everyone else. And I don't think we can keep waiting. Um, this is overdue by hundreds of years. Um, and so I'm, I am not going to easily let go of that uh, as, as a top priority for the city. Um, if we need more money, Rather than take this money away, I would rather say, let's hold the money we have, and all together, we need to really work hard to find the money that's needed. And, and I am ready to do that. I'm ready to look, look at other projects that aren't T1 projects, look at other money, um, potentially forego things in my own district. This is way too important. Um, Last but not least, just looking at the chart um, at the back of the packet, 
I really was just scanning um, large numbers that don't have other funds that, that to my imagination we might lose. And there's one number that seems, um, which is street, P1 street contribution to annual street paving improvement. And it's like about $7 million. And I don't know if that is money that gets spread over several years, um, or if that was intended to be a one-time bump to our paving project. But uh, I, again, you know, we could, if we have extra money from transfer tax, um, we already have allocated some additional monies to street paving. Um, maybe we can find uh, other sources or funds or move some projects around, like delay them by a year or two, paving. Um, that's a good amount of money to support the African-American Holistic Health Center. Um, and, and I would really like to better understand uh, whether that is something that could be massaged, so to speak. I don't know if you have any thoughts now. I know it's all important and it all needs to be done, but that just looks to me like something we might be able to work out or have or something. Liam, you want to speak to that? Yeah, it, um, it would take some difficult uh, thinking, and that is because that T1 contribution is what the five, the adopted five-year paving plan is based on. Um, and so unwinding that, uh, it would get complicated fast. It also would mean uh, not funding some potentially near-term construction projects like the Southside project, like the Hopkins Corridor project, like uh, potentially uh, the MLK Quick Build projects like that um, uh, that might benefit from that are benefiting from some of those other transportation funds, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think, um, I, as, as you know, it's all trade-offs. Um, and I have to say for myself personally, I mean, everything, obviously, as you've said, we know we have 10 times more needs than this. These are like already, this list is the neediest of the needs, and now we have to pull some things out. So, you know, everything here needs to get done, and but we're here making hard choices. And I, I really think that um, with, with, we have allocated additional money to paving, and we, we, we have, every year we have the potential. Um, have we ever not gotten more money in transfer tax revenue than we budgeted? I can't remember a year when we did. I mean, I would be ready to, to pre-commit um, some funds from other sources for something like that. And again, you know, I mean, I think there's a couple of other things here that are big numbers um, that don't seem to be leveraging other funds. Um, a lot of them are restrooms. Some of them are small numbers. Uh, some are bigger. Um, I, I'm a huge proponent of restrooms. Um, I just, I, I don't know if some of these things can be delayed or uh, if we can find other funding, but um, I really would not, I would not delay the African-American Holistic Research Center and the Turtle Island Project um, over 
um, some of these other things that, that I've touched on. So thank you. Okay. Um, Councilman Robinson and Taplin, and then I'd like to suggest we go to public comment and then come back for further discussion and action. You got it. Thank you, Mr. Ferris and Mr. Garden and your uh, respective teams. First, uh, I really want to celebrate what great news the supplemental is. Really relieved that that will bring the South Berkeley Senior Center project on track uh, and really appreciate the opportunity you've given us for council and the public to engage in this discussion. And it is such a heartbreaking discussion to have to go through the list of projects funded by this measure, approved by the voters talking primarily about reduced scope and delays. Uh, close to me in my district, of course, is the Willard Clubhouse. Even with the scope reduction, I'm so glad the project is moving forward and we'll have a new and refurbished home for our after-school care programs for students from every corner of the city. But all the same, we're having the same conversation about reduction of project scope across the city, and it's incredibly painful. Uh, with regards to the African-American Holistic Resource Center, I really want to express my gratitude to staff for keeping us up to speed on the status of the project and charting a path forward, and my gratitude to Congresswoman Lee for the federal funding we were able to secure and to the advocates in the room who are here for the project today. I really look forward to hearing from everyone, but it seems clear to me at this junction that replacement of the existing structure is the most responsible choice to ensure the success of the project and hopeful that we can provide direction on that today. I want to speak briefly to the mayor's comments about the Telegraph Channing garage restroom, actually the, the standalone restroom just outside of it. Um, of course, it's a project that's a long time coming and is now nearing completion. Uh, Mr. Garland, I believe it's actually out for bid right now, if I understand correctly. Uh, but in that vein, uh, as the mayor was proposing, if it's possible without delaying the project, since it's already out for bid, to fill that funding with general fund monies that we could plan to backfill with UC settlement funds, if that would free up more room within the T1 bucket to help us close the gap for other projects that we want to keep on track, that's certainly something I would support, and I hope we can explore doing that. Uh, with regards to the North Berkeley Senior Center, we've been hearing about the challenges with this project and its legal costs for some time. I had the same question as one of my colleagues, uh, Councilmember Harrison, would suggest if it's possible to consider finding a path to meet those legal costs outside of T1 so we can prioritize it for actual project costs. Um, I'll say at a, a high note, I feel very strongly that we should prioritize the actual T1 monies for improvements that our residents will really directly feel public-facing projects to improve the public realm, uh, which unfortunately may mean delaying or deprioritizing some important projects to the city organization and to us and to our staff, which brings me no joy at all to say, uh, but we have some incredibly difficult choices to make, and I, I think that set of prioritization uh, will make sense. It feels essential to fulfilling the mandates of the ballot measure and essential to our credibility when we ask our residents for support in the future. So I would also urge that we prioritize opportunities where there are matching funds at stake and really at the risk of you know, invoking a, a sunk cost fallacy, feel it's incredibly important that we hold on to projects where we have already enjoyed significant momentum. The uh, the Turtle Island Monument project, for example, it's not only a project of significant importance to our residents, but a project where we've already spent a third of the project budget. So I hope we can do what's necessary to keep it on track. Uh, I hope all the feedback you're hearing from council is helpful. I feel very ready to provide direction on full replacement for the AAHRC, uh, but to the bigger question of how to close the T1 gap, 
I hope you're hearing a clear ask to prioritize public-facing projects to the extent possible and a, a request for more information about the creative financing strategies we've heard about tonight to try to find additional resources to close the gap on committed T1 projects. But I'm not sure how much further we'll be able to go than that. Thank you. Appreciate it. And, uh, and deeply appreciate all the work that went into providing the spreadsheets that have made it very easy for us to digest this information. Thank you. Council Member Taplin. Thank you, and thank you, Directors Ferris and Garland. Um, I join my colleagues in their strong support for the African Holistic Resource Center. I will also be supporting the full replacement. Um, I I won't be I wouldn't be able to support taking money from streets to fill the short shortfall. Um, I don't yet feel prepared to consider capital changes to the capital budget. Um, I think that's something that perhaps the fights committee should should discuss. Um, um, but I do support moving forward, and I agree with Councilor Han about the need to um, launch programming, perhaps a, a temporary location. Um, and on the restrooms, I do think that those are a critical public need. Um, those are my remarks. Thank you. Councilor Kesawani. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Um, thank you, Director Ferris, for the presentation. And um, I just wanted to focus on table one, because if I understand correctly, that is your recommendation, correct, of how to close the gap? It's, um, it's a possibility of how to do it. It's not staff's recommendation. Um, okay. I think uh, we can come back with a, a very firm recommendation on what we do. But uh, we we struggled with this as as you are um, and in determining where this is going to go and so we just attempted to draw some lines as staff and so we we drew a line on public facing buildings public streets and public restrooms and then everything underneath we put in those seven in that table so but that, that is as I say in the report it's not the the staff or the city manager's recommendation. It's just uh, an example of where we could draw a line. Okay. So, and and I know you did the best you could and you didn't really have um, an easy choice here, uh, but I did want to ask you about the Ohlone Park lighting project. Uh, that does seem like it is something that is public facing, but you're saying, okay, so this is, but it's not streets and it's not a restroom. Uh, but it, it is a public-facing facility, you know, the park. Uh, so is is that somewhat similar to the Civic Center Turtle Island, where? Yeah, yeah. Many, I, I don't know th those those two in particular. They just don't seem to meet the criteria in my mind. Okay. Uh, but uh, but but did you have other reasoning that you wanted to share for those two? No, I mean ultimately we can. You know we can draw the line anywhere but we we wanted to draw a line such that we gave you enough to cover the gap if needed okay um, okay so, so it's maybe what's driving those two are the dollar amounts and needing to get to you know the 3.7 million perhaps Okay, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but okay. All right. So, you know, I let me just say that I, I think this is a reasonable starting point for us to try to figure out how we can close the gap. But I would ask, you know, and it, I, I don't know if we are going to take a vote tonight because I know some said they, they wanted more, um, more information or more time to consider. So let me just 
in the event that we don't take a vote tonight, I, let me just offer some some thoughts here. One is, is there a way to reduce the scope of the Ohlone Park lighting project without completely canceling it? Um, so that would be one thing to consider. I do want to second the point that Councilmember Harrison made that the Civic Center Turtle Island Monument is leveraging outside funding. That seems to be important. So we're really, you know, in canceling that would be losing other resources. It would be helpful to know exactly how much is on the table. And that seems to me like an argument to definitely try to protect that, that one. Um, and then I actually wasn't clear on what the bollard conversion to landscaping project was for this 150,000. Could you explain that one, Director Ferris? Yeah. Um, or Director Garland. Uh, I'll, I'll turn that over to Director um, uh, Garland. Okay. Council member, the idea um, here is to take uh, the bollards that are currently existing at a few locations um, and run pilots where we might be able to turn that into greenscape. So uh, still serve a traffic function, but also have uh, more green, potentially a, a green infrastructure component to um, to those areas. Okay. And there's no matching funds associated with that. Okay. So it seems um, like that oh, is, oh, go ahead. Let me, let me correct something. I, uh, I shook my head as if there were not matching funds. There's not exactly matching funds, but for for locations where we would install green infrastructure, we could use our stormwater fee funds to uh, help contribute to the green infrastructure there. Okay, so that seems like one that we may have to keep on this list for elimination. Uh, but but in any case, I I I would say that on the corp yard. Um, I think Councilmember Wengraf had a had a good point about, you know, being mindful of whatever repairs we need to make to avoid future growing costs. Obviously, we can't just neglect a roof, a leaky roof, you know, in the winter. So if there I know you're just saying cancel all of this, that that's what table one is showing. Um, and I would just ask if if that's really doable. You know, is there anything that we need to hold back and do because it's going to lead to greater costs later? Um, I, that would be my question there. And, and I do want to note that if we just do, if we just delay the uh, corp yard line items here, that's 2.7 million, if I've done my math correctly. So that means we're about 1 million short then. That seems like a, a 1 million figure seems like something we could try to cover with general fund i'm not comfortable saying you know the the full 3.7 million we would cover with general fund and i i also have to to state that i do not support uh taking money from streets particularly streets that are already in the five-year paving plan to me that is a public facing uh benefit and uh, we have to make sure we pave the streets because if the delay leads to that's a case where it does lead to increasing costs, exponentially growing costs when we delay street paving. So um, so I will leave it at that for now. And I look forward to the public comment and, um, and oh, or maybe, maybe council member Humbert is gonna go next, but I'll leave that up to the mayor. Thank you very much. Council member Humbert and then Bartlett, and then I think everyone will have the opportunity to speak. So let's go to public comment. 
Thank you, Mr. Mayor, and, and thank you um, uh, to um, our staff who just made the presentation. These are really difficult, difficult decisions to make. These um, phase two T1 projects are all great projects. They were heavily vetted and ranked by two commissions and went through um, a really extended public process. I was on the um, Public Works Commission for the sort of the final rankings, and I was really impressed with the, the good work that commission did, um, along with the Parks Commission, um, putting together this list of really, again, top-notch projects. Um, I have to agree, I think, with the mayor and some of the other council members that we should prioritize the public facing um, projects, whatever those are. And I know there's some, you know, there's some um, vagueness around the edges um, folks have, have addressed, but, but things that the public are directly invested in and are waiting for um, and have reasonable expectations will be done. And I think we need to uh, prioritize those along with the projects where we are getting matching funds from other sources. That's critical. We don't want to uh, waste opportunities. I want to plug the Willard Clubhouse for the same reasons that Council Member Robinson did. It's going to be a wonderful project. I've looked at the design. I've walked around and seen where it's going to, the new building is going to be located. Uh, it's going to be, uh, it's really an equity project. It's gonna serve after school programs for kids from all over Berkeley and particularly the South side uh, of Berkeley, which is, is, you know, South Berkeley, which is critical. Um, so I wanna plug that. Um, I, I do think that we shouldn't be removing any money from our paving budget um, for the reasons articulated by council member Kessarwani. We take money from the paving budget. We're just gonna to have to pay a whole lot more money later as the streets continue to grade. Um, and I also agree with council member Hahn that you know, if there's going to be a delay in the African-American Holistic Resource Center construction um, and it needs to be totally rebuilt, that it would make sense to see if we can't start launching the programs as soon as possible um, in rented space and in alternative space that can move into the brand new space once it's constructed. So I thought that was a really, really interesting um, and meritorious proposal. Um, so I look forward to um, public comment as well. Um, and I really appreciate all the work staff did on this. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, uh, we'll go briefly to Council Vice Mayor Bartlett and then we'll proceed to public comment. Uh, and thank you, I thank you, sir. I just wanted to, uh, for the record, uh, for my colleagues and everyone listening, um, Regarding Councilmember Wingraff's suggestion around combining housing with the African American Holistic Resource Center, we, of course, we did consider that. And if I remember correctly, uh, we're advised that it would not work because T1 is somehow prevented from mingling with housing. And then, of course, now, even if there's a legal workaround to that, which I'm not sure there is, uh, the failure of Measure L uh, would, would add undue delay to it as well. So those are the two points. Thank you. Okay, uh, I think this was a good initial discussion, and we look forward to hearing from from uh, the public here at twelve thirty one Addison, and also on Zoom. We're going to go first to speakers here at the boardroom. So, if anyone here at twelve thirty one Addison would like to kick off public comment, 
please come forward to the microphone and thank you for joining us this evening. Look forward to your comments. Hi, um, I'm Shahida Williams. I'm here reading a statement on behalf of Supervisor Carson. Torn from their family, sold, forced from Africa, shipped across the Atlantic like chattel to their lives in the Americas as slaves, Black men and women have been violated on every level in our history. For more than 400 years, Blacks have been forced to work building this country as free labor. Blacks are prohibited in the Constitution from owning property, land. Um, they were not recognized as human beings. They were hung and murdered at the helm of whites. The destruction of the Black family has been woven into the fabric of this country. Intergenerational stru and structural inequities over incarceration, criminalization, gentrification, and dislocation have all taken a toll on the Black community. I begin these comments with a brief and overview of the lives and outcomes of, of Black people, because this is the direct link to trauma that exists in the community today. And it is critical um, need is real. The critical need is real for culturally appropriate mental health services. I, along with our beloved Barbara Ann White, Dr. Wade Nobles, and a cross-section cross of Black mental health professionals have met for over 25 years on the serious need of Black mental health providers and the lack of services and resources in the city of Berkeley and the county of Alameda. For the last 11 years, I have continuously met and fought for culturally appropriate mental wellness services and the need for a central place in Berkeley and Alameda County for Blacks to receive the services. Three years ago, after many years of struggle, Black, the Berkeley Black community, the city of Berkeley and your council came up with a site on Alcatraz in South Berkeley to provide Black people culturally appropriate wellness services. Throughout this time, I've talked to Berkeley elected city managers and staff regarding this project. Given the history in this country and the continuous connection, collection of data verifying the need for real mental health services in Berkeley, Alameda County, and California for Black, it angers me tonight that you would consider abandoning this project. Just one more. Congresswoman Lee has been at the table uh, at the table of our discussions and has earmarked $1 million for the project. The last three years, Barbara knew I too had made a commitment of $1 million for this project, which leaves the budget gap for the African-American Holistic Resource Center for $2.5 million. This is a minuscule amount given the history of Black, uh, history of Blacks in this country and which I previously referenced. Um, I implore the city council, city administrator, and supporters for health, healthy, health and mental wellness for Black people to identify this resources to fulfill the $2.15 million, $2 million gap. Doing this will demonstrate that you are serious about addressing the Black mental health disparities, and it's a small part in attempting reparations for the communities in Black Berkeley. Thank you. Uh, Shadita, thanks for joining us today. And, you know, we're going to vote after we have public comment, but please tell Supervisor Carson that I am 100% committed to make sure we get the African American Holistic Resource Center built and open and programmed and supported and resourced 
and um, really appreciate his long-standing advocacy and partnership with the city of Berkeley on this project. Thank you for being here. Okay, um, who would like to um, go next? Public comment. We have someone that's going to cede his time to me. I greet you with the beautiful words to extend peace and blessings. Assalamu alaikum. Mayor, members of the council, Madam City Manager, my name is Haja Babalawa Kwanele. I come to you as a Berkeleyan of, and one of the project leads of the African American Holistic Resource Center. The HRC is a grassroots movement dedicated to closing inequities in all social determinants of health and to make positive change in the city of Berkeley. The HRC organizers are, de are a dedicated team of volunteers working tirelessly on nights, weekends, and holidays for the past 12 years or more to, to improve the quality and preservation of human life for all citizens in the city of Berkeley particularly in the African-American community. It is on the behalf of this team and the family and the friends who love the late Barbara Ann White that I come to you today. We were moved by the City of Berkeley proclamation for Barbara, particularly the section that reads, quote, the City of Berkeley leadership, council and mayor do hereby declare to continue the efforts to address racial equity and belonging by continuing to provide support to the African-American Resource Center, unquote, and for declaring November 8th, 2022 as Barbara Ann White Day. We thank you. In addition to Barbara's passing, we take a moment to highlight the names of others who have transitioned and who have dedicated their lives to the HRC goals for equity in the city of Berkeley. Ms. Lucelle Griffith Redmond, who transitioned two months before Barbara, a young woman, Maurice Norris, who transitioned in 2014, and most lately, Ms. Mary Butler, who transitioned earlier this month. The city has indeed lost great social justice leaders, and heaven has gained beautiful angels. Many of you may not know that Barbara and members of the team have endured grinding, painful experiences of racism and hateful words from some members of the city of Berkeley community over the past 12 years while developing the HRC, which has taken a very heavy toll. However, we have also been blessed by and touched by the overwhelming show of support and love from the larger community in Berkeley and across the country from all races and backgrounds that have praised our efforts. We have been contacted by other jurisdictions to seek advice and direction in developing their own AHRC for their communities. We're grateful and moved by such support. Today, we ask you to move to provide full funding for a green state-of-the-art building for the HRC, and not to stop there. We invite you to personally join the efforts in the preservation of human life as HRC Council of Support members. Join us to learn how the HRC fits into the City of Berkeley Strategic Plan, the State of California Roadmap 2030, the Global California 2030 Initiative, and the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. We thank you for your time, and we thank you in advance for your support. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, are there any other members of the public here at the boardroom who would like to speak on this item? Yes. 
Thank you. And thank you, Mayor and uh, council members who are in support of the African-American Holistic Resource Center. I um, don't really need to say much more than the two previous speakers, but I do need to speak to what I heard here tonight that is very disturbing. Um, patronizing comments to say, to make changes to this project that has just been expressed, been working over 25 years, very intimately for at least 12 years in our community to then at this moment claim to care about the black community and want to make changes to a heartfelt project that has been worked on for years and years and not take and honor the lead of the black community and leadership and health professionals who have been spending their life and time, as Baba has said, nights and weekends and time and community gatherings to sit here and try to explain away funding possibilities and access. And we're talking about human life, human people, a part of this community, part of this country that has been used and abused for centuries since the beginning of its generation. Um, I'm appalled to hear that we still hear double talk in our politics in Berkeley of all places that we support black leadership, you support the African-American Holistic Research Center as presented and supported by the community and created by the community and all of the supporters such as Barbara Lee and Keith Carson. I think that we need to call that spade a spade. We're not gonna sit here and be patronized by the rhetoric to claim that people care about the black community and candy coat and sugar coat and twist the truth support the African-American Holistic Research Center and thank you for supporting it, those of you who are, and please provide full funding for the 6,000 square foot green state-of-the-art space. Good evening. It's interesting being here and listening to all the rhetoric this evening, but it's nice to see you all and Happy New Year. Um, the city of Berkeley should fully fund the African-American Holistic Resource Center. Um, council members that were interested in changing this. Um, you, sadly, pink people, as Miss Ritchie would say, always try to take over and change things last moment. That's a delay tactic and we cannot delay this this building from being built. Mr. Nichols just got killed brutally by police. We know Berkeley's PD isn't much better. They do have a problem with racial profiling. People, there's the black population in Berkeley is decreasing. But we have an opportunity to bring people back with the equity for Black Berkeley. And we need to heal from all the freaking trauma. I know I was traumatized being on the council and dealing with all the racism that happens in Berkeley for no reason, just because I wouldn't fall in line and do what y'all thought I should be doing. We all need to heal from the trauma and the racism and the classism and all the isms that are keeping us back. Don't change this now. 
You need to make sure you have the money because you have the money to do all the things that you want to do with it, like increase salaries of people that aren't even doing what the people in Berkeley want them to do with that money. So please fully fund this. Don't delay. Don't change. And step back and let Black people lead where we need this right now in 2022. 2022, I mean 2023. 2022 was revealing. 2023 is for healing. And the African-American Holistic Resource Center is one of those ways to start that healing process for Black people. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any other speakers here in the boardroom on this item? Yes, ma'am. Good evening. Uh, my name is Cheryl Havens, and I would like to read a letter to the honorable members of the Berkeley City Council that's been signed by um, residents of Berkeley. Dear Berkeley City Council, I'm writing this letter as a citizen who is in full support of the construction of a green state-of-the-art 6,000-square-foot African-American Holistic Resource Center facility in Berkeley. The city's commitment to providing the GAP fund to move forward with the plans to construct the African-American Holistic Resource Center will address some of the historical harm, racial, and wealth and inequities and disparities that the black community in Berkeley suffered during the decades of discrimination in the city of Berkeley. Berkeley's health status reports outline the historical extent of inequities and disparities in the city, which have led to negative health, mental health, social and economic. I'm sorry. Determinants for African-Americans, efforts to ensure equality and addressing each social determinants of health for the African-American community is essential. The creation of the African-American Holistic Resource Center will provide culturally congruent services for Berkeley's Black community. During this tri-prolonged pandemic of COVID-19, racial injustice, and climate change, we know that the African-American community has been struck particularly hard. Unfortunately, what we do not know are the long-term impact that these issues will have on the African-American community, particularly here in Berkeley. Based on the City of Berkeley's 2018 Health Status Report on page 117, I quote, in spite of this in spite of this marked decrease, the uh, age please continue. Thank you. The age-adjusted morality rate for African Americans is twice as high as the morality rate for whites and is higher than the population overall. Unquote. This disparity has remained unchanged throughout these years. History is our lesson. It tells us as a community that positive change has to happen. The African American Holistic Resource Center is that change. Berkeley has had many firsts in providing the gap funding to move forward with, with the design plans and construction of the African-American Holistic Resource Center building is one step in the right direction. These efforts will lead to changes that our city needs and deserves for the African-American community. We believe the development 
creation and ongoing financial support of the African-American Holistic Resource Center is a win-win for all Berkeleyans. I want to be on the right side of history. Therefore, I'm making my voice clear. I'm in support of the African-American Holistic Resource Center. And then we have this letter that's signed by community members. Thank you. Would you like to give a copy of that to the city clerk for the public record, or you okay. want to hold on to it? Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, is there anyone else here at the boardroom who would like to go next for public comment? Mr. Dean, good to see you. Happy New Year. I'm going to be brief. Um, I think any, all that I wanted to say was said. But I just want to thank the city uh, leadership here in Berkeley uh, for consistently moving this project forward. I also want to thank the uh, city staff. We worked very close with them over the last few months, uh, and uh, they've been very, very helpful and very creative in trying to help us keep this project going. And we all know that I I've been in Berkeley since 1978. Um, and I've seen all the changes that have gone on. Uh, we've talked about redevelopment back in the 80s and 90s. And um, it's imperative that we move this project forward right now. And I want to really thank you for that. The uh, council members, uh, we need your help. We need to make this happen. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Deb, you want to go next? Hi, good evening. Thank you for letting me speak. I would like to respectfully acknowledge the importance of all the projects being talked about today. I'm really moved personally by everyone who showed up to speak about the African American Holistic Resource Center. And I'd like to talk um, in support of the Turtle Island Monument Project. It's phase two funding being protected and even though it's a small portion of the funding gap that you're trying to cover, it's only 300,000, but that represents a third of the whole project. And, it's, and it jeopardizes the other two thirds from the Caltrans near $600,000 funding. In addition to meeting all of T1's phase two funding criteria as all the projects amply have done, this project is unique in that it's located in downtown in the heart of Civic Center Plaza. And its presence is going to be a gathering place that speaks to the very character and value of our community. I'm really impressed to see the council and you, Mayor Ergine, speak about realigning our priorities around underserved communities. I think this is so important. Um, this monument is going to acknowledge, honor, and celebrate Indigenous peoples, past, present, and future. They've always been here. They always will be here. And here on ancestral, unceded home of the Ohlone people, where the city of Berkeley now rests. Loss of this existing funding would devastate the project. And it would send a terrible message to our community, to the indigenous community, who has worked really hard for over 30 years to see this project completed. I thank you for any efforts you take to find funding elsewhere to cover these funding gaps. And thanks to all city staff. Thank you so much. 
Are there any other speakers here in the boardroom who would like to speak on item one on providing direction to close the measure T1 funding gap? Okay, if not, thank you. Thank you all so much for coming. It's good to see people. Um, it's been a it's been a long time. Um, and uh, thank you for coming tonight for your very thoughtful comments. We're going to go to the speakers on Zoom now. So we have eight raised hands at this time. If anyone else on Zoom wishes to speak on item one, uh, please raise your hand. We'll go first to Sally Nelson. And uh, please unmute yourself and you may begin. Okay, greetings. First of all, I want to say that I'm very moved by the earlier speakers for the African American Holistic Resource Center and, and hope very much that that goes forward. I'm here to speak about the Turtle Island Monument um, and its uh, need for the funding from the T1 Phase 2 fund, um, um, measure. As, as many of you know, the four large bronze turtles now residing at City Hall are critical elements of the Turtle Island project, and the entire project celebrates the land we live on and celebrates the lives of the many generations of Indigenous people who were here before us. For over 30 years, the Indigenous community has worked hard to envision and design this project. Bringing this project to completion will show our gratitude and support to the indigenous people who now contribute so much to our city and to the ancestors who first inhabited this land. The successful completion of this project depends on T1 phase two funding of $300,000, which this council voted to support in 2020 and which the public um, parks rec and recreation and waterfront commission passed a motion to protect and support just this um, last January. To rescind that support now would be exceedingly disrespectful of the indigenous community and of their 30 plus years of work on the project. So I urge you to vote to preserve the T1 phase to $300 funding that would help bring the Turtle Island Monument to the completion that we would all celebrate. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate having heard the comments from the council members earlier and, and also from the people who were speaking um, as public comment in person. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Okay, we'll go to our next speaker, Cordell Hindler. Cordell, please unmute yourself. You may begin. Cordell, are you there? Okay. I, we can hear you now, yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, so, uh, good, yes, so uh, good evening, uh, Mayor Arguez. Uh, um, as the one of the speakers has, had met, um, I was deeply moved by the African-American Holistic Resource Center. And so I figured that they deserve this funding because it's like, it's very, it's important that they want to, you know, have like, you know, healing souls, you know, like, you know, I'm very moved by, by um, the group. So, so I'm asking that, um, that this funding should go to them. And the other concern I had was regarding like the, the renovations of the bathrooms and my concern regarding that is because of um, there's a lot of you know, unhoused um folks uh, in Parsons. So I'm worried about how it's going to be vandalized and 
that type of thing. So I was concerned about the, about the American Holistic Resource Center. So I would first for funding for them. So that's it, and I will yield my time to someone else. Thank you. Okay, we'll go to the next speaker, John Keener, followed by the caller with the number ending 297. John Keener, you should now be able to speak. Uh, good evening, Mr. Mayor and Council. Um, I'm speaking um, in three capacities this evening. One is as a, a resident that lives three blocks in the park on Alston Roosevelt. Uh, the second is the CEO of the Downtown Berkeley Association. And third is the convener for the Community for Cultural Civic Center. Um, I can't think really of a more public facing project um, for our downtown. Um, Civic Center Park is our only park downtown. Not only is this project incredibly important to the indigenous community and we need to proceed with utmost respect for their um, guidance and design, but this is really important for 15,000 residents who live in the downtown, thousands of residents live in the neighborhood nearby, Berkeley High School students, thousands of them, Berkeley City College students, and the people who use the Veterans Building, the Model Shrek Building, and future users, the Teen Center, et cetera. Um, it's, um, uh, you know, that one of the reasons this, this project isn't maybe seen as public facing is this fountain for 30 years, 30 years has been planned for redevelopment and it's dreadful. It's a dreadful space right now. Please, 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 incredible community input, great work by staff and great input and obviously leadership in the indigenous community. This is really important. We need to feel that we can move forward with the Civic Center and this is a jewel to do it. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll go next to the caller with a number ending 297. Please press star six to unmute yourself. Good evening. My name is Richie Smith, member of Friends of Adeline. I'm here to speak on behalf of the Afro-American Holistic Center. Greetings to the employees. I'm a resident employee of South Berkeley. I have been working and hoping that the city would approve, come together, and approve the Afro-American Holistic Center. Ten years has passed, has been exhausted in dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's, and meeting the okay of the powers that be to approve this project. I'm in hopes that this will be approved. The structure will be built within my lifetime. All this time has gone by. I, I was in hopes that it would start building, hammering and nailing 
right after the first of the year. But I find that there are some problems with the project. People of color have suffered, have endured the red and black line in this community. And we are decreasing. I hope that you will have heart and approve this project and not prolong it. I'm 88 years old. I had hoped to cut Recording in progress. Nichols, the profiling here in Berkeley, the violation of public process to find a police chief that more uh, public safety minded for all Indians the systemic and historic racism in the city. We need. We require a place where we can heal, support ourselves as community. Full stop. I cannot tell you as my experience as a Black disabled woman with a young child's community, even recently fighting for more inclusion and representation of the Hopkins Street Corner Plan. I would like a place within the next few years where I could go and help my community weather and continue to be resilient. I will continue to have in this city. So I ask you to fully fund the center and let's continue committing ourselves to anti-racism. Thank you.
Thank you. We'll go next to Healthy Black Families, followed by Kelly Hammergren. And uh, you should now be able to speak. Thank you. Good evening, Mayor and Council Members. My name is Ayana Davis. I am the Deputy Executive Director at Healthy Black Families and here to support full funding for a complete new building for the African-American Holistic Resource Center. Healthy Black Families has been working with the ARC, as we lovingly call it, since we became an organization. And we support the ABPCN and the NAACP and all the other Black community members and organizations that have been part of the steering committee and the advisory committee. We support the recommendations of city staff that they also say this building needs to be um, new from the ground up so that we don't have any other surprises or any more expenses. We know that as we build an equitable Black Berkeley and especially starting with the Adeline Corridor community development around the Ashby Avenue, I mean, the Ashby BART station development, the ARC is going to be a jewel as part of our Equitable Black Berkeley. It will be a space for community and become a legacy for the city. As we move forward, working together, building together under the right to stay, right to return and right to own, it will be a resource for our whole community. And we invite the city council to go become historic in creating this legacy. Thank you. Thank you. Up complete. Okay, we'll go next to Kelly Hammergren followed by Aaron Dean. Kelly, um, you should now be able to speak. Please proceed. Okay, thank you. Um, on Turtle Island, uh, we do not have a cost estimate for the latest design, and that needs to be done immediately. We don't know whether the cost of this design managed by PGA is 500,000 or 2 million or 1 million, just where it lands. So you should ask for that immediately. Um, as far as the 1947 Center Street HVAC, we are going to in-person meetings and we need to also pay attention to employee health. Uh, that needs to be taken care of. Um, we just had a settlement on measure three. It was rejected by the California Supreme Court, which means that WIDA is going to get money. Uh, and so we should be asking WIDA to pick up the cost of the EIR or part of the EIR, and that would give us 2.96 million. And then, then we would have the money to pay for the docks as was originally requested and granted with the $15 million from the state that all of you worked so hard to get. Uh, there is reason to hear anger from the African-American community regarding the Holistic Center. If the building structure is a problem that should have been identified years ago and not at this last minute. 
And so if it is, if it really is not structurally sound enough for the what was planned and it's back to the drawing board, then the community really needs to be brought back in. And we do need public bathrooms. And it, it's really hard to take one project out uh, with this list, but we really should be looking uh, where we can pull money. And right off the top, there's 2.96 million that could be used and I would also ask if we could have the presentation from tonight posted. I've been looking for it because I wanted to go back over it and it's not available. Thank you. Okay, we'll go next to Aaron Dean followed by Claudia. And Aaron, you should now be able to speak. Good evening, Council. Can you hear me? Yes. Thank you. Thank you for taking my comment tonight. And I want to just start by thanking our staff on the parks, rec, waterfront, and public works department, and just say that the work that's been done so far with the T1 funds is really incredible, and it really is changing people's lives. If you go into the parks, you can see people enjoying the benefits. I'm here to speak in support of three items. The first is the bollards. It's only $150,000. It's the outcome of the good work of the Traffic Circles Task Force. Three locations have been identified and they're in different parts of this city. Um, it is very effective infrastructure. I don't know if you saw the recent San Francisco Chronicle article written by John King. He uh, looked at the effectiveness of bioswales and found that they were removing 45% of excess water from hitting the storm drains during one of the really, really big rainstorms that we had in January. And lastly, um, the, the ballers meet the T1 environmental goals to uh, include environmentally sustainable elements such as bioswales for street projects. It's right there. I want to speak in strong support of Turtle Island. The Parks Commission voted their support for this in January 2023. They, uh, they uh, specifically approved the design concept to keep the $300,000 from T1 and to consider adding a water feature. Um, for the financial reasons, I'm concerned this could jeopardize if the funds are lost, the $596,000 from the Clean California Grant. Um, and one third of the allocated budget has already been spent. 103,000 of the 300,000 total. So we just need $200,000 more. This would help us, the city of Berkeley, act on their goals to honor the indigenous people. We have land acknowledgement, we have welcome to Berkeley Ohlone territory signs. And this would be a beautiful monument in the heart of our city to educate, honor, and a place for gathering and reflection on the the history of the First Nations people from whom the land has been stolen. So I really hope that this can be funded uh, fully. Thank you for your time. Thank you. We'll go next to Claudia, followed by Dorithia Duval, followed by Nagin. Claudia, um, you should not be able to speak. Please go ahead. Hi, good evening. Uh, first of all, I want to Thank Aaron for bringing up things I was going to bring up. Uh, at our, you know, I serve as the vice chair of the PRW Commission, and our last meeting, I put a, a motion on the table to support the design concept of the Turtle Island Memorial. We found it a very important and uh, 
a long overdue project. But importantly, we also put in in our motion that we wanted the $300,000 from T1 to remain in support of this project. It was sort of ironic at that very evening, we did review the same kind of material that you have before you tonight, and the $300,000 uh, was perhaps, maybe not earmarked, but it was at least on the list of possible projects to be removed. So I urge you to keep that project in mind. Also, the Bullards, uh, the Bullards are, are near and dear to all those fine folk who worked on the traffic circle projects. And it's a very small amount of money. Uh, and as Aaron pointed out, it has also very beneficial environmental effects. So I hope you keep that in. And obviously, the uh, AAHRC, uh, which we supported through the whole T1 selection process. I was happy to see that it got the funding, but now I know we're, we have to relook at things. But please, please do not delay in getting that project built in. I thank you for your time tonight. Thanks very much. Thank you. We'll go next to Derivia Duval, followed by Nagin, followed by Ilana Auerbach. Derivia Duval, you should now be able to speak. Yes. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Great. My name is Dr. Derivia Duval, and I'm speaking on behalf of the African American Holistic Health Center. And first, let me say I am saddened and angry by the assumption that there is no programming happening for the African American for the African American community. It is spread out. The reason why the African American Health Center is so important that because the, the programming is spread out all over. I am a psychologist and I have been working in this community for over 40 years. And we always have to go to one place or another. I have seen seniors, I have seen families, and I have seen individuals and trying to do healing in one place or another is very difficult for people who have a hard enough time making life work for them. So um, yes, the African-American Health Center is working, but it needs to have a central place where people can come and they can be healed holistically, that is the purpose. And please don't pit two minority groups against another. Also fund the Turtle Island program because as people of color, we need to be healed. We need our monuments and we also need our holistic health center in one place so we can have health, so we can have mental health, so we can have recreation, so we can have education be, that is the way in which we as a community heal in a holistic perspective. Thank you all for your time and attention. Thank you. Thank you. Ilana Auerbach is our next speaker, followed by Nagin. Ilana, you should now be able to speak. Please proceed. Hi, good evening. Uh, this is Ilana Auerbach. I want to um, say yes, fully fund the Turtle Island project in Civic Center Park. That will be phenomenal. And also, please, put a fire under the project of the African-American Holistic Resource Center. The African-American population of Berkeley continues to decline over this over 10 years, the visioning of this project. 
please follow the leadership of our black community leaders, many of whom I've heard speak here and make comments. And honor Barbara White's memory. She didn't live to see one of her dreams realized. She dedicated, she was passionate. I heard her speak about this African-American Holistic Resource Center many times. So let's make sure that Miss Ritchie is alive to cut that ribbon. So please make it happen. Devote the energy, devote the time, devote the resources, and let's get this thing done. Thank you. Thank you. Nagin is our um, last raised hand. Is, if there's anyone else who would like to speak on the special meeting agenda, on uh, direction to close the Measure T1 funding gap, please raise your hand at this time. Nagin, you should not be able to speak. Can you hear me? Yes. I'm at the Wise, so I didn't know about the reception. I wanted to also uh, announce my support for get, getting this African-American Holistic Center fast-tracked right away so that our community members who have lost so much, our African-American community members who actually use the physical therapy clinic as a community place of feeling, and it's really not that, because everywhere else they've been pushed out of. They, their, their barber shops have been closed. Their places of worship are, are going down. Uh, there's no none of the the restaurants and places that they used to frequent have all been taken away. Their population is so dwindling, and we are not doing anything to push this back. The African American Holistic Center has been a vision for a long time, and I don't understand how so much time can go by and then just realizing there's a fault or a flaw with some plan. This should have been fast-tracked and must be fast-tracked and some justice must be done here. Thank you. Thank you. I don't see any other raised hands to speak on item one, providing direction and closing the uh, Measure T1 funding gap. Um, unless there's any additional speakers on Zoom, We'll close public comment. I want to thank everyone for coming in person and on Zoom, and thank you so much for your, your excellent comments and your support of these really important projects. Um, I want to put a motion on the floor um, so we can provide some high-level direction to staff today, recognize that we need additional information to make a final decision about um, how we are going to ultimately fund all these projects. I'll just say, first and foremost, I want to ensure that we can fund all these projects. Um, but that will mean that we have to prioritize certain things and find the money elsewhere to complete other projects. Um, I'll just say once again that from the very beginning, I have been a strong supporter of the African American Holistic Resource Center. And it's great to see so many of the community leaders that have really not only um, you know, sort of birthed this concept, but have helped move it forward over the past several years here tonight, and I want to just honor and recognize the late Barbara White, who was a champion for this project. And I think it's our responsibility in memory of Barbara and so many people who have fought so hard for this needed um, you know, community resource that we do everything we can to move forward and make a very clear statement tonight that we will fully fund the project. So I want to say first and foremost that as part of our action tonight, we need to make a very clear statement. We will fully fund the project. We will find the money. Um, and I do think we we do need to um, fully reconstruct the project, given the structural um, conditions that staff have raised, um, and that will enable us to start anew and to create a brand new state-of-the-art facility, which I think is something that our um, African-American and South Berkeley community have wanted from the very beginning. I do agree that building housing there 
um, is challenging um, and it will delay the completion of this project. Um, and I and while that was something I think we wanted to explore just technically um, and, and just financially, it's just not possible. And we should not wait. We need to move forward now. So I think we need to make a clear statement that we will fully fund that project and we will we will need to tear down and reconstruct the building at that site, given the structural problems. Second, that we make a clear statement that we will fully fund the Turtle Island Monument, which I agree is a is honoring um, the first people who were the first people here in Berkeley and are still here. Um, and just like at the beginning of our meetings every month, we read our land acknowledgement statement, just like at the beginning, you know, coming into our city, our signs say Ohlone territory. This is part of our ongoing recognition um, of uh, our Ohlone people. And um, so much work has been done for over 30 years to get to this point. And we were able to get a significant grant from the state of California, which could be jeopardized if we don't move ahead. So that also needs to move forward. So the motion I want to make is um, to provide direction to the city manager that um, we will um, fully fund the full replacement of the African-American Holistic Resource Center and, and, and work to complete that project. Um, that we will um, fully continue to fully fund the Turtle Island Monument Project to leverage uh, the the state grant funds that we have received and the private money that has been donated and the and the sweat equity that's been put in to make this project happen, and that we provide um, direction to staff to use the following criteria and come back to the city council with options for how to close the um, the, pro the project funding gap. The criteria would include uh, prioritizing public facing or serving projects, those projects that have matching funds, um, and those that are in signif significant progress in the planning stage. Um, and to look at all options, including grants, uh, general fund excess equity, um, in, uh, any additional funding sources to, um, to close the, um, the funding gap, um, inc including potentially deferring um, projects. Um, that do not meet the criteria that that I've outlined. Um, I once again think that you know this is not in the motion, but that you know projects that you know serve the needs of our city organization are important, and, but we need to look at other funding sources like our general fund to support those projects. Um, and that the city manager come to the budget and finance committee to present their recommendations for the committee to. Um, provide its feedback before coming back to city council. So that's the motion I'd like to put on the floor. Second. Thank you. And Councilor Harrison, you're recognized. Yeah, I just wanted to um, uh, add that when it comes to budget and finance that we have a um, snapshot of what's happened with the capital improvement projects as well, so that we can look at that as a possible um, source. Just make sure that's included implicitly. In yes, that's, that's so accepted. Thank you. Councilor Han. Yeah, I just wanted super clarification that this this will will this come to council first or go to the budget committee first? I, my motion asks that it come to the budget and finance committee first. Um, this okay. is ultimately a, a budgetary issue. I no, think I strongly support that. I was just wanting to make sure I heard it right because you know if we're looking at this one bucket here, and I understand this bucket has you know very very significant constraints of the voter purposes and. It's a fixed amount of money, but um, I think we really need the budget and finance committee to problem solve. We have other buckets. We have other years 
Um, and I, I have a lot of faith that we're going to be able to solve this. So I appreciate, very much appreciate the motion. I strong, strongly support it. And I'll free thank the Budget and Finance Committee for um, figuring out a big win-win here. Um, I'm also very, very supportive. Um, I would not have voted for this if we were not making a commitment to provide the funding for the African-American Holistic um, Resource Center. I just want to say for myself, that could include not just the amount of money we already committed, but if additional funds are required, I would like the Budget and Finance Committee to figure out where that money is going to come from as well. So not capped by the amount of money we already have in T1. Um, and same for the Turtle Island project, but I don't think the, the dollar amounts are so significant. So um, I just really want to state my, my support for making sure that can move forward as quickly as possible. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I see our city manager, Dee Williams Ridley, um, wishes to speak. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, and thank you for that direction or the motion for that direction. Um, one point of clarity that we need um, is that direction is truly needed on the square footage of the Holistic Resource Center. As you know, um, we are looking at 4,000 square foot new facility, but there is a desire by members of the committee to look at a 6,000 square foot. What I would recommend, if you are amenable, is to with recommendations that show a scenario for both a 6,000 square feet and also 4,000. Um, it's just so that we can share with you um, yeah. what that picture would look like in terms of projects, things deferred and what have you. And you'll have an opportunity. Manager, I think that's a good suggestion. And um, Councilor Harrison, can we include that direction in the motion? Uh, yes, I think that's excellent. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, um, we have a motion on the floor. Is there any further discussion from the city council? If not, I'd like to ask the clerk to please call the roll. Councilmember Kesarwani? Yes. Kaplan? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yes. Hahn? Yes. Wengroff? Yes. Robinson? Yes. Humbert? Yes. And Mayor Arguin. Yes. Thank you. Okay, the motion does carry, um, and that completes the business for the special uh, 4 p.m. meeting of the City Council. I'll move to adjourn. Second. That meeting. Seconded by Councilman Robinson. Let's call the roll on adjournment. Councilmember Kazarwani? Yes. Kaplan? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yes. Hahn? Yes. Lingra? Yes. Robinson? Yes. Humbert? Yes. And Mayor Arguin? Yes. Okay, the 4 p.m. special meeting is now adjourned. And um, I think um, the regular meeting is on the same Zoom link, correct? So colleagues, please stay here. And, is, and if possible, we can roll into the 6 p.m. regular meeting, but I'd like to check with the clerk staff if we're ready. Um, and if we're broadcasting. Um, I'd like to suggest we take a captioner break before we begin. We'll take a 15-minute um, captioner break, and we'll be back, and uh, we'll start the 6 p.m. regular meeting of the City Council. So thank you. Thank you.